Welcome to another Open Dialogue, where we spotlight experienced professionals and their businesses as we dive into their stories of origin, adversity, triumph, and growth. My name is Bobby, and this is Elevator Pitch. Doors opening. Stepping into the elevator today is Tony Whitlow of Spot Real Estate a full-service property leasing company that operates in Long Beach and Orange County, California. A magna cum laude graduate of Howard University, Tony returned to the California area to work for the global pharmaceutical company Allergan in their eye care division. While working as a specialty sales rep, Tony would also apartment lease in his part-time. After four years of sales, it dawned on him that he would much rather discuss homes, renovations, and amenities than vision care. Tony and his business partner have over 25 years of experience in leasing, and with this knowledge, they formed Spot Real Estate to provide their clientele with a turnkey start-to-finish leasing solution that takes the majority of the burden off of their property owners. Doors closing. Going up. I'm proud to share this, this time and this space with you. Likewise. Um, you know, just uh, getting right into the meat and potatoes of everything. Um, we're going to rewind the clock back. Can you just uh, give me like a brief breakdown of how Spot uh, Spot Real Estate, just their origin story. How did that come about? Okay. First, first thanks for having me on here, Bobby. Uh, small thing to a giant. <laughs> no, but uh, so really how it came about, I guess I'll go from the beginning of it, is went to... Uh, Originally, I'm doing property management in Long Beach. I came out of Allergan, I was, it was four years ago, so it was at 2017. January, that'll be, it was went four years this year. Switched from, I was doing eye care specialty sales. I was like, I'm not really feeling this. My mom, who I ended up saying is my business partner, that's who has 25 years. If it were me, I'd be five years old leasing an apartment. So it, <laughs> but I, we put that on there because she's been doing this since 96. Anyway, she said she was looking for a business partner. She said, who better than you? You're not really happy at Allegan. So I'm like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And I have no issue working with moms. So I get over to that and uh, we're doing, I'm doing property management with her, but she's telling me, keep staying in my ear that the leasing is where you want to be. Okay. The leasing is, a, is less nonsense, less midnight calls. It's less you having to work about work orders not being filled or anything like that. So we get to... I started getting more and more into renting apartments. I'll meet an owner here and there. One guy will tell another guy, oh, I had this guy lease my unit for me. You should check him out. A lot of word of mouth, most of it is, because it's a lot of trust. These guys are letting you get keys to their four or five million dollar building. You have a whole lockbox key. You have keys to every unit in there. It's a lot of trust involved. And so a lot of it's word of mouth based. And then so long story short, SPOTS, which the acronym stands for saving people on time, because at the end of the day, not to be cliche, time is money. Facts. Benjamin Franklin, <laughs> I think, said that in like 1770-something. But here nor there, it's still true today. So I thought, okay, this could be a clever way of saying that spot. You find a spot, and it's saving you some time. You, you can little connect there, little double entendre. <laughs> Don't even ask me how. <laughs> so I, uh, I said I really wanted to – I didn't want the people to connect – our leasing or leasing outside of beachside rentals, which is what we're doing in Long Beach, the management side. I didn't want them to confuse the two and get confused and think I'm looking to do management for them. I wanted them to know this is strictly leasing. I have a team for that. 
And once we lease it for you and get the, the lease done, all money's in your account, we're finished after that. Like you need to either manage it yourself or you can have a management do it. I mean, nice. I could consult you maybe on some tips, but I'm not taking the calls and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you say, I don't want to hear nothing about no burst pipes. None of that, man. I don't want to hear about the dog breaking through a fence. Oh, yeah. that's not my business. That's yours now. Um, but I mean, and not that we can't. Like, I'd, I'd like to get into consulting later on with the owners and stuff as well. But basically, long story long, that's where it uh, came from. It's like Spot is like the leasing division of, it's like a base side rentals where the tree is a branch of it. Definitely. And just separated it for people. Nah, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. And I mean, delving into that whole leasing aspect, I mean, when you hear leasing, it's definitely like no one ever associates that with like putting a dining room set on Facebook Marketplace. So with that being said, like, can you kind of break down um, that branch as far as what goes into um, the leasing process and how Spot really functions in in that aspect okay absolutely so i'll just go from start to finish like if it were a, you were calling me as an owner so say you're like hey i just bought this duplex or i inherited this duplex whatever may have you you're calling and say okay we need this is i have this two bedroom i need help renting um the other one's already occupied so we'll go from we'll right away you'll give us the address you'll give us all the info once we're all signed up all that's done we'll run through and do comps and so we'll check okay what with their two bedroom one bath going for in your area and then we'll once we get the listing of like, okay, what's the average in that area? We'll start digging into those comps and see, okay, what, do you, what does yours have that does, those don't have? Like, do you have hardwood floors and those have carpet still? Do those have tile countertops? Does yours have uh, quartz countertops? Like, what, do you, what are we working with? That way we can get an accurate price on what yours is for because we don't want the average to be 1,900 in the area and we're going 1,600 on yours. That doesn't make yeah. sense. And, or maybe yours is worth, 2100 and the average is only 1900 but you have way more than those 1900 dollars ones so we get the comps so we can get a price right away okay and then we'll get it online there's a lot of different sites that post them I and mean, you get inundated with them zillow truly a hot pad zumper craigslist a lot of people still use quiet as kept you get a lot of scams on there as well but there's a lot of good content on there still for other purposes <laughs> people still watch craigslist i mean like get log into craigslist because i'll hear people talking about it but Apartments.com is another good one, but we mainly stick with Apartments.com and Zillow's our number one. It's, it's, you have to Definitely. pay for it now. It's $10 a week per listing. Okay. But here nor there, you get it online because everybody's on those. Everyone's on Zillow. Everyone's on Truly at Hotpads. You're marketing on there. Then you get start to get calls. You start to build leads and we'll go the leasing, whether you were doing it yourself or we let, allowing us to do it. We'll schedule appointments. And you want to get back to people within a day. You don't want to let too much time sit and they start thinking, thinking of other units and they start losing interest. Like with anything else, you want to hit something right when it's hot. So once you reach out to those leads, you schedule those appointments, you show the unit. You don't want to just let it be self-guided tours because we ran into some issues where people give someone out a lockbox code. Next thing you know, they're living in the unit. And you're like having to evict them. Us personally haven't, but I've seen that happen to management. And I'm like, that's why you don't just go the lazy route and give a self-guided tour. You want to do in-person showings. You want to schedule timeout. So we'll, we'll schedule the timeout, set up the appointments, in-person showing, explain everything to the prospect, email them the application, all the steps they need to follow. They'll send everything back. We'll process it. Then we'll let them know if they're approved or not. We'll verify employment. We'll verify their, um, their rental history if they have some, if they're not like coming from living with family or something. 
And then once they're approved, we'll collect the deposit that you would ask for, whether it was, say it was a $2,000 two bedroom, $1,500 deposit, we'll collect the deposit, set a moving date, have them sign a form confirming that they locked up the unit so you don't, they don't tell you a week later, I don't want it anymore, you have nothing holding them to it. And then you'll turn around and yeah, they give you deposit, everything they move in, we'll get the, send you a blank lease. If you wanna use your own lease, you can do that. But take the lease, fill out the details that you wanted on there, whatever utilities you pay for, pet policies, all that kind of stuff. And then send it to them, get it signed, executed, get all monies into your account. Once they sign the lease, you're happy with it, we move them in. Everything's ready with the unit, we take the keys and move them right in. And then, then you bill you after that. So either you're doing that yourself. Next or one, like that. <laughs> so it's just a, a process. Like yeah, boom, it sounds boom, like boom, a boom. lot in that little window, but it could happen in a day. We've Definitely. had people apply Monday morning and moving in by Monday night. Yeah. I mean, like, our process was pretty fast. Yeah. Bro. Like we, you know, I mean, granted, to really put it into perspective, you know, we spent like a month looking, but once we found Borba and you guys, like it was kind of like. Oh, this it. Yeah, it like <laughs> we did the we did the walkthrough and everything just lined right up, and there was no like uh, what I ran into a lot of the times was a lot of the rigmarole where, oh yeah, you know we could do this. This might be available. We're gonna be building an apartment where the garage is, so you're gonna lose that. And it was just so many different things where. It was like, I don't think you know what you're doing. No fact. So when we came in and we met with you and just that fact, that that whole process was just like, okay, you ready to do this? This is what it's going to be. This is the cost. Everything was lined up. Yep. So I could definitely see that you all have that process in place. And then it's just execute, execute, execute. Okay, on to the next one. Yeah. So that... I definitely applaud that. Because no, <laughs> it, it, it definitely showed in, in the end result. Like you're saying, too, I mean, like, we try to tell people, with, even with the staff, like, create green lights for these people. People don't want to hear a bunch of, like you're saying, oh, we can't do this, or maybe we can do that. They want to hear, yeah, let's, I can do that, I can do that, absolutely. As long as it's within reason. Like, yeah. Don't be making it up stuff. make things up. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's a jacuzzi in there, no problem. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> So, I mean, that kind of answers the question of how, how pivotal it is to have um, a leasing service come in if you're a property owner. Because what it seems like is that you all set up that that streamline, that process for them so that they don't have to worry about all of the, the red tape. and Absolutely, because leasing for, especially like an owner that's busy, maybe he has a whole different career, he just owns property as investments. That could waste a lot of your time that you don't feel like, like we said, saving people on time. But you, don't, you don't feel like doing that constantly. You might say, I'd rather just outsource this. And especially if it's just one or two units, you can manage them yourself. You just yeah. don't want to deal with the leasing part. Because exactly. what it does is it puts up that wall where it's not like, a, oh, I really like David. He seemed like a nice guy. I'm okay with 1800 and you're really asking 21 I don't know about David, and that's none of my business what David has going on. It's just numbers at that point. He has to meet these criteria that's for it. me to get a van. If David's FICO checks out and his uh, income is there and his rental history is solid and he doesn't have like a dog fighting pit bull coming in. Then he's good to go like a crunch rack. <laughs> we're okay. We're going to make it happen. Like There's no personal Facts. feelings involved. Facts. Um, so, I mean... Because you touched you touched briefly on um, you know the, the information that that um, you know your mom's 
pretty much like was like, hey, you should come in and do this. Um, is that the point? Like, when did you realize while you were working at um, Allegan, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, what was what was that juncture? How did you, what were the factors? Was it like you dropping some eye drops in this guy's eye and it was like, you know what? I don't really like dealing with pink eye anymore. I don't think I'm going to go do these, these apartments, these no, houses. No, it was, uh, so it was, I started that job at 22. So I graduated May 10th. I was working there by July 23rd. And it was like training obviously afterward, but I signed my contract on July 23rd. And so it was my first job out of college. And hopefully no one from Allegan ever listens to this, but I was <laughs> doing like odd jobs prior to that. So I was even shocked when they hired a 22 year old, but I was happy they gave me a shot, but I hadn't had like a real corporate job. It was like internships and stuff like that. So here nor there, I didn't really know what I was looking to do. I just knew I wanted to make money right out of school. I didn't want to be sitting around BSing because I know idle time is not your friend when you're sitting at home. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. let me get to doing something where I'm being productive, where I'm active right away. There's not like wondering when I took a gap year after college. Like, but I've been at home the whole time. Just like, chilling. Yeah, I wasn't in Europe or something, or road tripping. Looking at ICDC commercials. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you sitting home on the couch? <laughs> So I, um, so anyways, I was at Allegan three and a half years and no, nothing bad towards them. It was just, I was looking for something different, just like anyone the millennials. That's the whole thing right now. They're always mm -hmm. looking for something different. That's, they that's call our uh, generation. And so mom, like I said, anything good that's happened in my life has always been involved with my mom's. So when she was like, oh, I'm looking for a business partner and you're not really liking it at Allegan, you should come and do get into this business, which was property management, which she's owned that business out there 11 years. So I got into that and right, whenever you get into something, no matter who it is, male, female, young or old, you get into your family's business or like a friend's business, you always want to carve your own lane out. Mm -hmm. You don't want it to just be like, oh, I'm just sitting here hanging out with moms, driving around with moms all day. Like, so you get there and you learn as you go and then you start realizing, okay, what am I good at? What do I like doing too? I try to match the boat. You don't want to be saying, I want to do something like this, but you're not good at that at all. Like, mm -hmm. I love writing essays, but I'm not good at them. Like, I got a ton of misspelled words. So here nor there, I was at Allegan. I She offered that up. And so she offered that probably like six months prior before I left. But I had been plotting it out thinking, because my dad was always like that. He always says, like, I wanted to leave Howard after sophomore year. The team mm -hmm. was sorry. I was like, couldn't stand it so i'm like this is terrible and then my dad was like if you don't have a plan do not leave that school so i thought that there i'm like if i don't have a plan after this i'm not gonna leave this yeah. job and so once i realized i could fit in there boom i went over to the beachside rentals that's what she we own out in long beach and then i started thinking while i was there i started realizing okay i like this well it was a something i enjoy i can make money doing and it was the apartment leasing and <clears throat> excuse me the I just try to figure out okay how could I brand that and now we're it's getting it's getting there now so yeah. here we are it's getting warm in here fast bro <laughs> it's cool <though. laughs> it's like a sauna yeah no LA heat <laughs> no games <laughs> But nah, that that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense all the way down. Like, it's, it's dope that that you could do that with your family and have that 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 open communication, especially when it comes down to uh, you know you hear about it all the time. Like, parents not being open to life choices or 
like even what you want to leave schools like oh if you want to leave leave but just make sure you got something lined up bro i'm not gonna tell you you can't go but make sure you got a plan bro piss poor preparation piss poor performance piss poor performance most pain man seriously um so i mean are there like any myths that surround like the leasing industry that you might have be able to like debunk in your uh, in your opinion. I'm glad you asked me this, man, because I was thinking. It, so, so there's two parts to it. So it's overestimating leasing and underestimating leasing. In my like, I think there's a myth on both because uh. people will think about it like, oh, renting out my house or something. This should be really easy, and then you can make pitfalls that could be costly, like cost you years. To, to recover because you end up having to evict a bad tenant or they do a ton of damage to the unit and you're costing you a bunch to fix it. And maybe you don't have a bunch, like $40,000 just sitting in the bank to come fix these repairs that they've caused, right. which was a costly mistake because you underestimated that process. You, you skipped a step, whether it would be, okay, maybe they had the FICO, but the income wasn't there or they had the income and you're like, okay, this guy likes a lot of money, but his FICO is terrible and he has no rental history or didn't put a phone number, but I really liked him. And then this guy tears your unit up or he doesn't move out or you get hit in the pandemic mm. like we did in California yeah. this last year where there was no evictions. And I get it. There were people that were struggling. Absolutely. But there were some that weren't. They were working every day. But because you couldn't evict someone by law, they were just, they were just hanging out. And so pimping the system. that's the over or that's the underestimating part. The overestimating part is people think it's too hard to do on their own. And it's not. It's just like anything else. If you put practice in and learn the process and pay attention and you err on the side of caution rather than Definitely. try to rent it out too soon and rush and put someone bad in there you sit on it and you say okay we'll just pay the mortgage Eat this the month cost. or two months or the next three months rather till we get someone good rather than sitting and rushing to get someone in and then we get someone bad and we're stuck mm. so I, I think it's the myth is to me overestimating the leasing process like thinking it's too hard to handle yourself, but also don't underestimate it. That's the, the people just overlook leasing. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, if so that's the, the property owner side of things. If someone wanted to get in on the leasing service side that you're on, what would be some resources that you would suggest or how would they be able to go about doing? I would them? definitely say, um, Start getting in, start looking up to whichever state you're in, how to get a real estate license. Because you do have to have a license okay. to practice. I mean, you could do it without it, but if just someone reported you, it just wouldn't be good. You'd rather just have all your paperwork together. So, like, once again, have your process ready so you, you're good to go. So no one can really call you out or you're not violating any rules. Um, and for sure, let be looking into that. Looking at in the podcast like bigger pockets and stuff, just so you know what owners want to hear, what owners are talking like. Mm -hmm. And then if you're really looking to just dive right in, just trial by fire, start looking in your neighborhood at oh, like signs that say for rent that they it won't even sometimes say by owner. You'll just see it in marker, like because usually property management like the bandit signs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like property management or so like businesses that are doing this, like leasing services. There's other ones as well they'll have it online they may have a sign outside but they'll have it online as well but if you see just friend signs outside of a building maybe an owner's still doing it himself he's like i've been renting this for 30 years i'm not yeah. worried about it but the thing is because you could be able to a niche you could be able to catch them on is they may be renting that for like 1700 and it's a two bedroom and it's worth like 25 but they may have paid it off already. They're paying for a mortgage from 1986. Yeah, so they're they not too worried the about tax, it. Really. Yeah, so they're not. 
really looking at it as a business. They're just like, okay, just this person's paying this. I'm getting this 1,700 kept, but they're not realizing that could be 2,300 instead of 20 and 17. So you could talk to them and you become an asset to them. You could tell them like, oh hey, I um, I see you have this out here for rent. I could, I'm actually a leasing service out here in such and such city in Barstow. I can rent this for you, and and then they'll to ask you, okay, well how much are you gonna charge me? And that's really up to you how you want to go about costs, but it you're better at getting something rather than nothing like 40 percent of something is better than you going overpriced and you get nothing and they're like mm -hmm. no i'm good because like i mentioned earlier a lot of it's uh referral based or word of mouth mm -hmm. so other owners will tell like so they'll, they all talk all these guys if you own a property you probably have a friend that owns a property, property yeah. so they'll tell you like oh you'll say like oh dang who rented that to you for 2300 john and then so like oh yeah my friend david did mm -hmm. but this new guy i used david a unit and so they'll be like okay give me his contact Definitely. And they all talk. And that's the easiest way to gain their trust is through other guys saying they trust you. And now your name is just, but the thing is, is you want to make sure like with anything, your name stays solid wherever city you're in. Because once it's gone, these guys will not trust you. Your name exactly. will be ruined. So make sure you're always on the up and up <laughs> in these places. Nah, that, that goes a long way. That goes a long way. Uh, trust, hard to build, easy to break. It's, it's facts in any, any aspect you look at it. Um, so in working for Allergan for those four years after you came out of school, how, how did that, how did that experience help or hinder you in your, um, your spot, uh, career or in starting spot? Absolutely. So, excuse me. It's, um, a, a quick parallel I could give to that is it's a lot of relationship based with like selling pharmaceutical drugs. So I was in their eye care division. So I was selling their glaucoma products and their dry eye drug they had at the time, which was Restasis. So you would call on doctors. You would call on the same doctors every two weeks. Like you'd be calling on the same guys. It's not like you're meeting new clients every day. You're calling on the same people, especially if you've been in a territory three, four years, you're seeing the same people every other week, same offices, same staff. So it's a lot of relationship building and maintaining. So with saving people on time, these owners don't just own one unit. Maybe they do, and that's fine too, but you want to keep the guy that owns one unit happy and the guy that owns 100 units. So it's a lot of relationship-based business where you, if you say you're going to do something, like if they say, hey, can you email me comps for these units? Mm -hmm. They may not even be looking for you to lease those units, but you become an asset to them. Just like if these doctors are like, hey, I need samples of this artificial tier, not this other one. I don't really like that one you'll keep in mind and take notes that, okay, he likes this one, I'll remember that. Or if he likes a certain thing for lunch or he knows his staff, is they need this kind of training on this kind of product, you set up for that lunch to train them on that product. You're doing, becoming little things to become an asset to them. I learned that from them because like I said, I didn't have real job experience from college. Like Definitely. I was just doing college internships that everyone else does. But doubt no real world experience of running through the <laughs> the gambit of just trying to get experience so that yeah. you can say you have experience. It's the you need credit to get credit type thing. So I can dig that. I can dig that. No. So and and, and the second part to that with Allegan though is it gave me structure. They they I saw the structure they had going, and I mean it was a Fortune 100 company. They released Botox. They had a lot of these sales meetings would be huge, like huge big events. The guys would come on stage and talk. And you would realize, okay, you would sit and say, obviously, I'm not Fortune 100, but you'll see how these guys are putting their business together, the systems they have in place. Definitely. And so you think, okay, I, I can't do that, but I could take it on my scale and try to show people, like, this is ways, the workflows to create 
mm. different situations. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I mean, just we're gonna reach back a little bit farther. Um, HBCU graduate, Howard University. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I went to. A, Predominantly white institution. That's cool, man. You're from you the DMV, so. <laughs> so I can't, I can't wrap the HBCU uh, life, but uh, I'm sure I would have enjoyed it. No, I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> but um, uh, how did that, how did that experience at such a, a, a historically great institution, how did that like shape you? Um, and you know, like, what did you study? And why? Like, okay. just give us a little little breakdown of you know the college life that you that you had and how that made it, made you who you are. So I'll start with I studied uh, my degree ended up being in advertising, but I started in finance. And it's one of those things where you get to college and you think like, okay, I'm 18, I have no idea what I really want to do. Like, I mean, who does at 18? So I asked my dad. I called him and I'm like, so what do you think I should major in? And he's like, oh, you should be a hedge fund manager. You should go study finance. And I realized I'm like, how crazy that could get like if you're not ready for that like you're not a, really into math or something i'm sure there's guys that are hedge fund managers that aren't but i'm just saying for myself being honest with myself having that mirror talk i'm like come on man this isn't you so after year one i'm like i'm not really into that either and so i had to think like what do i like doing i love nike for the storytelling they do i'm mm -hmm. sure there's a lot of great companies that do storytelling but i've always liked nike for that where they tell great stories about tiger woods serena williams yeah. With the, and mix it with the ill visuals and then it's like <laughs> oh i'm gonna go buy some nikes and we're gonna change the world That's it. like you're wearing those nikes you're like man you're, you're killing them fly. <laughs> and i look fly <laughs> like this is everything all bald in the one they tell the best stories so i um so i switched to advertising i had a friend my friend sydney brunson shout out sydney she's actually at microsoft now in north carolina but wow. she was public relations and she was like oh you should do advertising then and so I switched over to school to see advertising and I ended up loving it. I, I loved the classes. It was fun. And not realizing later on, I probably should have chose like economics or something, but it's okay. It worked out for me. But the, um, the thing I tell people too with Howard, like it was a different experience. I could tell, like I always tell my buddies, especially because so many people ask you now, like when they realize like, cause Kamala went there. So yeah. it's barely, there's plenty of people that have went to Howard, but that really made us relevant for, in this moment. Facts. And she was, uh, I try to explain to people, it's, it's a sense of pride. Like, cause I had all my friends are black from high school, everything like that. My dad's black, but what it did was, is it gave you that sense of pride. Cause you could see they were all very proud people. They were like proud of who they are. And they were like, they would listen. We were listening to like fun music, mm -hmm. like hip hop and stuff. But these cats were also getting 3.8s, 4.0s, like went on to become attorneys and work at Microsoft. I got another buddy that's a director at Amazon. Wow. And so these people are all doing good things, but they still, we still have fun. Yeah. So you, it separated that for you because you used to think coming up like, oh man, am I ignorant for loving this song? And then you're like, no, <laughs> this is a good song. Like, I, I do like swag surfing in ninth grade in the stadium, but I also, like to go work on like my dissertation or something hey, like I'm, I'm mud, but I still I, I got I got some cooth with me I got a little bit of gumption it's that code switch man but it's it's different seeing it from the perspective where you're code switching in a group versus code switching from the outside to I'm I'm trying to put it in a in a perspective where 
if we're all out and we enter a situation where it's like, okay, how are we going to avoid this? We all code switch at the same time. It's like, all right, you know, we got to be professional right now. But when you're the only one or you're outnumbered and then you have to navigate certain situations, it's like you sitting there code switching and nobody knows what you're doing, but... (laughs) <laughs> going to being in a predominantly white or predominantly um, privileged situation, I can get what you're saying because my code switch education is more or less rooted in survival, rooted in I have to work twice as hard. Whereas if you're in with your peers who all understand your coded language, you're now just being who you are and moving and, and navigating that lifestyle all together. So there is no, all right, I have to outwork everyone coming from a, a, a perceived level of subordination. Everyone's at an equal playing field. So I, I feel like that's, that's actually pretty dope to, to be in that environment from the HBCU level. It was, man. It was crazy, too, because, like I said, all my buddies were black because I played football. I played football in high school out in Corona and then went out to Howard to play ball. And all of a sudden, all my buddies are black as well. But so it wasn't like that was a shock to me. It was just everyone outside of the team was black, too. So I'm like, oh, OK, this is cool. Mm. And so my dad, like I said, he, growing up, he always used to like because people in California, really, in the East Coast and the South, Howard still is what it is like. It's the Black Ivy League, but it's really not even Black Ivy League. It's just an Ivy League. They just keep calling it that because it's all because a bunch of white people don't go there. But I'm like, and, and, and I'm just like, why do it's y'all real keep, though. Why do y'all keep saying that? Like, no, we just it's elite. <laughs> like it's an elite school. If if you haven't seen Howard or been in that area to really catch that vibe, Howard is like a city within a city. Like Howard has its own hospital. Howard has school. its own radio station. Howard has like, like what most colleges have, but it's just the vibe there is so different because you know you're in the DMV. You know you're in yeah. Chocolate City. You know, no. like when you see the people that are there, and it's like that, for lack of a better phrase, black excellence. To the mask, like they're holding it down here. Before they got popular, they've been doing that. Like my ex-girl in college, mother went to uh, Howard Medical School, and she's an anesthesiologist in Houston. And I'm like, her, my ex-girl is an oncologist now. Her sister was an OBGYN. Her brother was microbiology from UCLA. Her other sister sold medical advice. They all did well. So I'm like, it showed you, it gave you a sense of pride. With like, you'll hear the media make you out to be one way, or you'll hear mm-hmm. people talking something. And you think like, man, that's not true, dude. Yeah. Like that's that's something else. But you're trying to blanket that, like everybody's like that, and it's not. Like yeah. that. I mean, coming from so coming from Cali, and then getting to the DMV. For those who don't know, the DMV is DC, Maryland, Virginia, that DC area. So, so what kind of was there a culture shock? Was there like, like an I said, adjustment? It was because I'm from Corona. So it's not like I'm from like Baldwin Hills or something yeah. in California. So all my friends, my close friends are all black. But the city is like predominantly Hispanic and there's a lot of whites as well, which was fine. I, we had no issues. I never felt like racial issues in yeah. Corona. But uh, it was when out there because it, it, it's a different, 
lingo as well. Like my mm-hmm. best friend from college, or one of my best friends, period now, Jason, he's from PG County, Maryland. He'll say like that joint or that John. <laughs> and, or like my buddies from Baltimore Joe. extend their twos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tuesday so, or something. Dude. Their twos. And so I... Um, <laughs> You get those, you go, okay, cool. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And I try to tell cats too, because they, uh, <laughs> yes, that's it. they, um, and that's the thing too, is they'll be black business owners. Like the dude that owns the liquor store is black, the person that owns the restaurant is black. Like there's so many of them. Like in California, you don't see it often, at least where I was living in Corona at all. Like, but out there, everything was black. So you're like, oh, this is cool. Like, you, so you feel at home when you're going back there. Like, okay, this is cool. He understands. Like, oh, head nod, what's up? Like, and so my girl, like high school, even she used to always, just a quick aside, she would, uh, I would be in the mall with her walking, and she was Hispanic, and I was like, head nod, I see like another African American dude in the mall or something. I'm like, what's up, man? And she would always ask me, like, like you know him? Do you know him? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, it's just what we do. But I do know him, but I don't know him. <laughs> yeah, like if some stuff goes down in here, we're gonna know, like. Right. It's the it's the black kids in the lunchroom, man. Like we all at the same table. You know, I'm trying to tell you. That's hilarious, man. So it was, it was, and it wasn't too much of a culture shock. I guess, like I said, the biggest thing, honestly, was high school. It was not a predominantly black high school, so the football team was black. But we'd be dancing in the school dances. It wasn't like really, really dancing. But when I got to Howard. I was like shy to dance. I'm like, oh dang! Like and my homies are all from black areas, so they was going ham. And I was like, damn. Me and my roommate, he from uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, so he was all predominantly white area. So he wasn't really dancing either. And then we had to realize, like, man, we're going to be sitting on this wall for four years if we don't get out here. <laughs> it's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> you got to make the adjustment, bro. Yeah, if you're going to not you eat out here, the adjustment. you're going to be starving. So you're out here living now. Yeah, it was a great time. Um, so what did, what did you wish you knew starting out with um, your journey in spot real estate? Um, that's a good question, man. I would say <laughs> the... I would say, okay, I get this is a great one actually. The I'm glad you asked me this. Mainly, I guess, setting the expectations of the owners right away. Where, because like I mentioned, for example, owner would say, oh hey, I want 2,500 rent for this two bedroom, but I also want 2,500 deposit. If they have a pet, I want a $500 pet deposit for that. And you got to realize, 5,000, 5,500 if they have a dog, is a lot of upfront money with someone that has a 720 credit score. Mm-hmm. They have a great, they make it three times the income or three times the rent. That, that's almost offensive to tell them, oh, yeah, I want 5500 to move in here. Because, like, if I got 5500 I might as well buy a house. Like, yeah. Like, it's like, like I'm going to live somewhere. Yes. <laughs> Way nicer. Like, no, absolutely. You got to go with the lower deposit. And it's just, but owners, because you, you'll go into it thinking, like, like first, I got it, like I said, I get real active into outside leasing. Like, first started out four years ago, I was doing it here and there. And then once I got more and more guys calling me, I started realizing, okay, there's a true demand for this. So I still wasn't, I've gotten into it this last year, obviously, but the setting, like what they should be expecting to and letting them know, like that doesn't make sense. Cause then I'm jumping into deals where I'm sitting on something two, three months and I'm thinking, and they're over here acting like, oh, it's you that's not renting the yeah. unit. And I'm like, I told you up front, this wasn't a good idea. And you're sitting here, now you want to switch after it's been sitting two or three months and it's reflecting knocking on me yeah. and i'm paying my guys to come out every weekend and show or i'm going myself to go show back and forth and it said me it just is not a winning situation so i've learned i guess like i said the first show to start on my journey is picking my shots even if you feel like dang do i really want to turn this down this is like 1100 1200 deal i'm just turning down 
you got to pick your shots because if they're really not going to listen to what you have to say or use you as an asset, they're going to come back eventually anyway. Or if it works, then they'll do it themselves. But it'll save you some time because you'll know I'm, I have boots on the ground. I know the market. You're thinking you're going to get this 5,500 up front from a guy that has a 720 with three times income and good rental history. And I'm telling you, he's going to be offended and be like, I'm okay. I'll pass. I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, that's facts. Because I know I was definitely, I definitely took it that way with the, you, you do the, the property viewing and all they're harping on is, well, you know, you got to have good credit. Is everything going to come back with the background? And, you know, do you have any evictions? Do you have any felonies? It's like, I'm black, but I'm not a criminal. Yes. Man. Like, I'm good. And at a certain point, you just shut them up. And it's like, okay, credit score, 800 plus. Yeah, you ended up being And stellar. then you're like, oh, that's better than mine. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now where do we go from here? What else do you want to talk Absolutely. about? Absolutely. Like we mentioned. You're so it, turned off. It's and like we mentioned earlier, like, by hiring a leasing company to do this for you as an owner, it removes the part where you the good parts where you're like, oh, I really like Bobby, but it also removes the bad parts where you're thinking, well, you, I mean, because some of these guys, let's just be honest, have there's, there's some racism still under there deep down and whether they know it or not, it, it, asking someone if they have a criminal background just because they're black, I mean, come on. So it, it takes that out of it because I'm just looking at the numbers. Like yeah. if it, it makes sense, we're good to go. I'm not sitting here like, oh, this guy is Hispanic. Is, this, is he going to do this? Or this guy is going to do that. <laughs> It's like they come, like it, it seems like it's the the entry point for insert stereotype here. Yeah. It's like, oh no, it's just gonna be me and my wife. We don't have a million kids. We don't have any crazy Rottweilers or pit bulls. We're not gonna be outside working on cars. Yeah. <laughs> not gonna be throwing quinceañeras till seven, eight o'clock in the morning no. and start at five o'clock the day before. Like all those stereotypes. Is, it's just us. What we put on the paper is what's what's coming in. That's here. it. So I can dig it. That but that that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect no, sense. No man. Um. So there's there's always a point, especially when you, I find like when you work for yourself, um, that you need to like recenter, or kind of hit the reset button. So what is it like? Do you have a, a mantra, or a scripture, or an activity that you do that? kind of is the reset button for Tony? I, when I read this too, and I've seen it, I'm like, okay, what am I going to say on this one? Absolutely. I could lie and give you some mantra, <laughs> or I could definitely even lie and say like some scripture, and that'd be just totally false. Being completely transparent okay. is actually... I so wouldn't know. <laughs> exactly. But someone listening to this, like, one of my friends would be like... profound. <laughs> your friend is at home like, that? lying. He's lying. I'm telling you, so... And my friends would call me out too. Mine is uh, spinning. I actually love cycling class. And my, my mom, once again, anything that's good to happen in my life, she's been a part of. She got me into it in high school. She was doing it a lot. And I, uh, I obviously went to college. I was playing football. And I was doing it occasionally with her in high school. I'm not nothing major. Then I went to school. I wasn't doing any cycling. And then I got out of school. I wasn't doing any cycling. I like tried to get into CrossFit, tried to do all these different things. And then she got me back into cycling probably like two years ago. And then a gym's like, five minutes from my house if okay. that four minutes and so they have cycling classes yada yada and the gym's like it's a little bit pricier because 24 hours far from me so it would have been burning it in gas so anyways they offer the classes so spinning and, and spinning is daily i go probably four or five days a week and wow. i say that because with this business because most of my business time is taken up doing the management and i do a lot of leasing but now i'm trying to transition more into just doing the leasing full time because mm -hmm. it's, it's picking up where there's enough volume to do it 
um, you want to you want to be spinning or doing something every day to like take your mind off it. Because in cycling class, I'm not thinking about work. I'm listening to the songs. I'm trying to beat my old score or something, burn more calories than I did the day prior or whatever. So you're just in the zone and you have your spin friends like, and they're not thinking about work, Tony. They're just like, hey, how's it going, Tony? Like, good to see you. Like, <laughs> they spin it. We're spinning. Tony. We're just enjoying. Yeah, a spin. Y'all on like pen- pelotons or like are these like the old school <laughs> turn knob? They're the turn knob. They're not like, the peloton like, joint. Yeah, this is an equinox. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it has a little got screen. Got big fan in the front. That's more <laughs> cool air on you, so you don't. Pass no, it out. just has the knobs, and you Dang, twist the bottom to adjust the level. Yo. <laughs> Uh, bro, I have uh, bikes. I see some people that's doing what you're doing, and I'm like, man, I hopped on a bike and went around the block, and I was like, yeah, I'm good, bro. <laughs> Come back out here in two weeks and do this again. <laughs> when I get the feeling back in my legs, I'm going in. No, you got to keep going, because first it was like that, too, and then, like I said, it's just your mind, and that's for anyone. People go running, or people lift weights, or all different types of stuff, or do yoga. But for me, it's because it's, it's still intense enough where I get that like rush for like a football training mm-hmm. or something, the high intensity. Definitely. But it's also easier on my knees. Like I'm 220 running down the block. It's not going to be good. Impact. I ain't even going to talk about what I'm. <laughs> this, okay, this radio type situation. Yeah, you and I are not the same. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good, man. <laughs> So, but now I appreciate you sharing sharing that because no like people like especially uh, people out there like everyone has different things that they're dealing with and you know there's a moment where you have to step away and there's a moment where you have to be you and and be involved and be in the moment otherwise you're doing the same thing that you were doing working for someone else yeah. Where you're just driving yourself into the ground. You're you're working in that juicing press where they get all the good stuff out of you and then they leave you with the rind that no <laughs> one wants, that has no flavor, that has nothing that anyone really wants to take a part Absolutely. of. And that's what they leave you with. So when you're working for yourself, I always ask people like, you know, how do you reset? Because it's important to be able to step back and just take that moment to inhale, exhale. Absolutely. And, and decompress. So I definitely appreciate you sharing that and keeping it totally funky <laughs> and not saying like <laughs> some, some crazy fortune cookie uh, mantra. I'm at home like the <laughs> Tina Turner movie. Because I'm sure somebody's going to blow you up on the blog. Absolutely. This <laughs> kid lying to us. So he doesn't know that. Hasn't been to church in years. And I'm talking about scripture. It was just Easter last week. I'm telling you. He ain't even put his good suit on. <laughs> I don't even got one. My Bernie Mac then retired. Oh man. So is there is there anything that Spot Real Estate has um in the works or any um other areas of real estate that you all are getting into in the future? So absolutely. So and that's uh Bobby will be working more and more on this, but I need help with this obviously. Um I want to come out with vlogging, but maybe like short videos. I know people's attention spans shortened over the years. So people are not looking for that 30 minute video. <laughs> like you said, people will listen to something, but people don't want to sit and watch for 30 minutes yeah. unless it's like their Netflix show or something. Definitely. So uh, I want to come out with three minute, maybe four minute vlogs, just giving people tips where owners can empower themselves to like what I'm saying, where they won't need people like me or they won't need a management. Um, and maybe they'll use us for just the leasing. But after that, I've, 
you can do the management yourself. You can, maybe it's just a single family home. You can do it yourself. You don't need to pay someone a percentage and hope that they're going to take care of it. Because sadly, a lot of times it, it doesn't. Like the property managers aren't doing a good job because they maybe have a ton of volume. So yours isn't that important to them. So no one's going to care about your home like you are yourself. So yeah. if I could teach through, through different videos, so they'll be same name, saving people on time. But it'll just be a YouTube series. I'll probably post some funny ones on Instagram here and there. Mm. But more just more serious because like, it's I'll make light of serious situations. Because like yeah. I said, it could be costly. I mean, some people lose their homes over this stuff. Because they end up just going into debt with an eviction with someone and they mm -hmm. damage the unit too so it's just doubling down yeah. on it and you're hoping to get a judgment on someone that doesn't care about a judgment and because you just made a bad are choice are they really gonna play it like, <laughs> yeah okay. they just filing bankruptcy <laughs> so they don't get anything say, <laughs> what do you take add you to the list of people that are bankrupt yeah so it just no so it those will be coming out um slowly but surely definitely within the next month i'll have one up and then as it goes, as I'm learning how to do it, working with you on this, it's, um, I feel like those are things that like, they'll tell you, I see a ton of YouTube videos about like investment and buying investment. Everybody's big on investing right mm -hmm. now. But what they don't give you is, okay, what happens after that? Like I bought that investment property, now what? That now how do that. I manage this thing? Like, cause this thing, it could be great for me, an or asset. It can go ugly for me, have me stressed Straight out. Great liability. <laughs> and I'm mad I did this. Exactly. And you're looking at the person who told you it was easy, like, man, you set me up. Where are the rest of the video? Like, yeah. <laughs> Where's the follow-up, man? I need part two and three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, getting down to the wire, if if you could Marty McFly back to tell a younger you something, what would that message be? Get your real estate license at 18. Hmm. You know, right away because you're still in that school mode because it took me i just got it this last fall but it took me like three tries and mm. i was thinking like over underestimating something which you shouldn't do anytime i'm thinking like because i met baristas at starbucks that had a real estate license so i'm thinking oh this has to be easy so i'm walking in no studying thinking i'm just gonna ace through it you failed at the bar <laughs> failed it and then because it's not a lot of common things you'll think of on that yeah. test. It's not. It's things about real estate you wouldn't even think of, like meridian lines. Mm. Like I'm not even paying attention with those. Like when would I ever when use that real life? Right <laughs> yeah. Paintings. Yeah, they're like the San Andreas fault lines. You're like you're not thinking about where those are at. So, yeah. um, and so there's no math on it anymore anyway. But um, definitely go for the real estate license at 18 and. I never regret the working with moms at when I did started what four years ago. I, I'm glad I still went the corporate route first just to know like what that felt like. And there's no telling if you ever like work in that in another capacity somehow or another. I always mm -hmm. think that was Zillow. I see them blowing up. I'm like, okay, if I get in where I fit in, like maybe be a consultant to Zillow on this. Cause, but you know, there, like I said, real estate license at 18 right away and um, don't be. I guess anyone would say, don't be afraid, but step out there more, step out there, like take, take more risks. Like, even though like you're stepping on your own to go work with your mom in a company and now trying to do this is a risk. Anything is, but take more risks, like realize the youth is on your side. Definitely. So just keep pushing it like whatever yeah. you want to do. That makes sense. I'm with it. I'm with it. So where can, where can people find spot? Where can people get uh, in touch with you or, Get more information about your services. So I'm trying to pull up my Instagram <laughs> and it's like, and botch it, but it's uh, rent your 
underscore spot is the Instagram. I have no posts, but a couple of reels. Actually, one of this building actually just oh, you know, yeah. messing around on there. <laughs> I want to see how Bobby, how Bob's living. Because <laughs> I've been off IG for so long. I was thinking, because my girl's the one that got me into it because I was thinking like, oh, IG, man, it's so fraudulent. Like people yeah. putting up these fake lives. They don't even live. Like yeah. dudes got Ferraris or they ain't even driving. You know how many times I get hit up with, let me help you sell or let me... Hey, you want to make this quick money? <laughs> Send me a cash app. And then uh, nah. it's just crazy people putting the money phone in their ear. No, man, it's just a facade. But it, it, there is ways to make do business on it, too. So I had to realize that you step out of myself yeah. and be like, there is a good way. So that was mine on there. Rent, rent your underscore spot. And then um, savingpeopleontime.com. It's in construction. I mean, you could click it and see some things, but it'll still be changing as it goes. Definitely. But I wanted it to be because, like I said, it's not. I'm not looking to have a um, a Facebook or something yeah. like with the website. I just needed somewhere some people refer to, and you can contact, contact me you. if you yeah. need help leasing your units or what have you. Yeah. Um, I feel you, like your work is more personable than a point and click. And right? I'd rather, it's not a store. No, <laughs> no. And I'd rather have a conversation with someone. I'd rather talk to Definitely. them because everyone has different needs. So Definitely. Yeah, we'll Definitely. see, man. I'm excited to do some work with you on this. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And we'll throw, we'll throw all of the, the contact information up on um, the show notes. Okay. So that'll be readily available for the audience. Um, and with that, man, um, I mean, time is the great equalizer, no matter what your economic background or... You know where you're coming from we all have 24 hours and the same 24 hours to get whatever we need to get done right. it's all about how we use it so with that i like to thank everyone for sharing a bit of their 24 hours with us um i like to thank my guest tony and um you know that's pretty much it yeah Appreciate thank you for you, having bro. me man <laughs> elevator pitch and also man i'd be wrong if i didn't say it with the time we're in rest in peace to dmx man hey, he had a ton of great bless, songs man, a lot. The dead, man. if that don't motivate you bro that dude <laughs> that dude was he had so many facets man so many facets yeah god bless the dead man Let's definitely dedicate this episode to 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 the one and only absolutely next doors opening This episode of Elevator Pitch is in the books. I'm headed to the garage, but take the ride with us next week as we chop it up with another entrepreneurial-minded guest. Please subscribe, comment, leave feedback, because we are streaming where you're listening. Follow us on Instagram at elevatorpitch underscore media. If you have music, original music, hit us up in the DM, shoot us an email, we'll get you featured on the show. All of my contact information, as well as the contact information of my guests, can be found in the show notes. And with that being said, eight letters, three words, one meaning. I'm out. Doors closing. Going down.